Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show. On today's episode, we break down the blue and gold game, update you on the basketball transfer portal, West Virginia baseball looks to host a regional, and Jeff Hostetler's on our next episode. All ahead on the Ryan and Russ Show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush Show, and we're getting right into it. Ryan, we finally got a taste of football. The gold and blue game was on Saturday. A little rainy, a little gross outside, but hey, perfect fall football weather for, for the guys to practice in. We were at the game, had a great time there. What were your takeaways? What were your initial thoughts from the game? Yeah, no, it was good to see football back uh, being played. Uh, the weather was hit or miss. I, it kind of rained early but then cleared up when the game got going but it was good to be back in Mountaineer Field I see a team where it's going to be simple what they're going to be trying to do they ran the ball in the blue and gold game usually you don't run the ball in the blue and gold game you kind of air it out for the fans but this team uh established a run in the blue and gold game so I mean this is what this team's going to be all year ground and pound which is kind of what I've wanted them to be for years and years, kind of like we touch on it with Kansas State, having an identity of running the football, playing a physical brand of football behind an experienced offensive line and being really good in the trenches to give yourself a chance to win games in a league like the Big 12. And we touch on it like with these running backs. It's loaded. I mean, you got C.J. Donaldson, Tony Mathis back, and then you saw Justin uh, Johnson and Jalen Anderson down the stretch late in the season get get a couple looks. I mean – all these guys average six, seven yards a carry. This is a talented backfield that I just think this is going to be the identity of the team running the football. I think in a di- what bringing the running game d- does for this team as well, not only is probably the strength of this team is the, the running aspect with all those running backs we have. We have yeah. two mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I, and I think we both agree that Garrett Green needs to be the starter, um, has more game experience, looked better out there, has the ability to run the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. Doesn't mean, and of course, we never wish for injuries. Of course, we never want injuries. Doesn't mean, you know, week four, five, six comes around, he gets a little banged up, and ne- we see Nico going in there as well. But I think it's better for both quarterbacks for Garrett to be the starter and Nico get kind of get come into it a little more for him. But in addition to having a, you know, a strong running team, we know that this is going to be a, de- a decent defensive team is, is the game management piece that then that falls into the coaching. Hopefully Neil Brown, you know, a lot of questions going into this year with Neil Brown. Can he game manage the hell out of the ball? It's, it's a lot of uh, whether people love it or hate it. I'm a big New England Patriots fan. And a lot of those Patriots teams that were so successful, they didn't have the best roster. Ask all these Steelers fans. There are many times where we played the Steelers where they had a way better roster than we did. But the fact that Bill Belichick could be like, I'm going to game manage the hell out of this team. It's it's the same team. This is that same type of makeup. And, and you know, it, we could be two and 10 like ESPN projects, or we could go eight and four based off of that. So but I think this really is going to be Neil Brown's time to step up and coach because he does have pieces. He does have ability in terms of players. We know this team's identity is where you're getting to. Now, can we coach? So there we go. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And 
We just saw everybody that doesn't think that running the ball in the year 2023 can translate to wins. Just ask Kansas State how it went for them last year, going on to win the Big 12, playing in the Sugar Bowl. Iowa State, yes, they had Brock Purdy the year before, but they also established a physicality uh, type of game where they ran the ball with Brees Hall and those guys. It, it just translates to winning when you can dominate in the trenches on both sides of the football, especially when you're not going to get the cream of the crop with the athletes like Texas and Oklahoma has, you got to be really good in the trenches. Oklahoma state's been really good as well over the years. So I hope that this team really embraces this brand of football last year. I think that they tried to throw the ball too much. I thought, I mean, you just look at some of the guys and what they average, uh, Last year, I mean, Donaldson averaged six yards of carry. Mathis, four and a half yards of carry. Johnson, four and a half yards of carry. Anderson, eight yards of carry down the stretch. And even Garrett Green, our quarterback, which you had, which is one of the benefits of having a Garrett Green, which we saw in the last three games of the season when they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, is the dual threat aspect of being able to run some read option stuff and get in space. So I really, I think I we're kind of in the minority of being higher on this team than maybe the national audience is which is a good thing. I like that they are more under the radar rather than a lot of hype coming into the year. I agree. And I think with running the football being and and, and that being your main focus is no matter no matter the weather, you don't have to change the game plan. Is, you know, yep. it can be pouring outside or it can be a beautiful day. And if you stick to that ground and pound and, and game management, a lot of a lot of good things can happen. And I think um, there is a tendency too to sometimes remember the Big 12 for what it was. Don't get me wrong. You could see that 64 to 56 game kind of happen yeah. all of a sudden, but it's not that big where it's happened consistently. It's not that Big 12 anymore. I think the the 24 to 17 games are more likely now than than on the reverse end of that. So it, it's it's definitely a time in this league where we're able to do this. Kind of going on the negative side of things, Ryan, is something that can't that does concern me about the the being such a run focused team. Is and we saw this in the spring game. We saw Garrett Green on a reverse catch a touchdown pass. One, I don't like rolling out trick plays in the spring game because what does that tell me? That tells me, and not to be old school or old fashioned, maybe towards the end, if you wanted to do a little razzle dazzle and have some fun, I get that. But what scares me about that is we know that we're not going to be able to pass the ball like we want to pass it. And there might be times where we think we have to get a little cute when we don't, when we're just say, Hey, do you know what? Let's just not turn the ball over, do well on special teams, hand it over to our defense that we're confident in to take it over. And there's nothing wrong with that mindset. All of a sudden is we, we can't, be that team that relies on a trick player to every game. And I, I'm scared that we're going to get into that position where Neil Brown or any of these coaches think that they have to be cute. Don't be cute. Just do the right thing. So that's my takeaway. Yeah. I, to kind of counter, I would say that being able to run the football though, can open up opportunities of single coverage where you're having to play against teams that are, bringing another safety in the box to open up a uh, Devin Carter, the transfer from NC state that's yeah. uh, had a really good spring. According to reports, uh, I'm not at practice every day, but just from reading the reports, watching the press conferences, the way Neil talks about these guys, I think that's kind of the brand of football. He wants to play, run the ball to open up the pass. He's wanted to pass the ball in the past, but he just doesn't have that identity. And you got to play to your strength. That's coaching. As you say, we talk, talk about all the time with basketball hugs is, 
willing to adapt this player, whether it's a one, three, one press Virginia. Now it's a transfer portal era. Great coaches always adapt to their roster. So I think just being able to pound the rock and then be able to open up the pass for some, cause they do have talent on the outside. It's just being able to protect and get the ball to these guys in space. I agree. I just think sometimes every year you see a team that tries to run one trick play too many, and then it's not, it's more predictable where your, your defenses are not necessarily expecting it, but they're like, they hold their, they hold their ground more knowing that this team has to break out one or two every game for it to open up. It's definitely, don't get me wrong. There's going to be the right times to run those right type of plays. It just goes back to the whole, don't, don't force it or don't feel like you have to, I guess that's what it is. Just don't feel like you have to, um, Something else, Ryan, and I know you're on the same boat as this, that we didn't like with the spring game. Dude, what's <laughs> up with this scoring system, man? This is the – I. here's what it should be. It should be golden blue team. You get a – like if your team either scores or gets a stop, you get one point. And it's just every, every, uh, every possession is you're battling out for one point. Like it's – oh, man, they were going over the scores, and then we went Give back to – Dude, we went back to look what rewatch it um on ESPN Plus when we got back and we're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like, who comes <laughs> dude? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. I don't know who came up with that scoring yeah. system, but I have no idea what I was watching. I don't even know what the scores meant. At least when the game's 24-17, I at least kind of know what happened. Like this, I have no idea. Like, I don't even know what the final score was because I was so like, I don't know what this means. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of it either. But it, I, I guess that's just kind of maybe fan engagement, as they say. In in the year 2023, they want to make it entertaining for everybody to get creative. You get you get points for first downs and stops. I, I like the old traditional way: six points for a touchdown, three points for a field goal. If you make the extra point, you get one. And hopefully, you don't have a safety in uh, the blue and gold game. But uh, yeah, no, it's. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it either, but I I don't want to sound too much like a boomer to be like, oh, this is what they used to be. And this is the way it should be. So yeah, I'm not the biggest fan either though. (laughs) I think it just, it's what it means. Like for, for someone that, you know, maybe have something going on on their Saturday, but wants to be in tune with the game. Right. Sometimes we have that situation where we have to clean something up or we have company coming over. So we'll put a game on right in the background. And then we could like check the score of that game and be like, okay, this is, Oh, that team just scored it. That team just did this. Now people are like, I have no idea what just happened. So just going from that, I know another thing too, that was kind of concerned about the, the blue and gold game as well was attendance. Um, my my recommendation for that one, I think it kind of should just be open. I don't think you should have to get a ticket. I think they should just allow anyone in there. But if there's something to be hopeful about, and I know this can be kind of more on the comparing apples and oranges, but it also, I mean it in the sense of a lot can happen in one year. Look at Colorado's spring game last year and look at it this year. So you just never know what can happen. I don't think the attendance is as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. And there were definitely diehard fans there. There were definitely, it was, it was great to be inside the stadium. Hey, it was great to see Ren Baker going around, having an AD that doesn't, you know, try to go in the back door and comes up, talks to each and every fan and is engaging and just shows that he wants to be there, which, which was awesome to see there. But I don't, I don't, I don't put a lot of, of emphasis or a lot of uh, concern, a lot of weight 
on the attendance there for the game. I think that was just one of those overhyped things. I I think I th- I think it could be both. I think if instead of being twenty two and twenty five through through your first four years, fourteen and twenty one in the Big Twelve, and never finishing above fifth, if you had had coming off a second and third place finish or right there for the league title, it would it would have been better. Obviously, the weather didn't help things. It it is a blue and gold game. It's a scrimmage, and you can watch it on TV. But I, like I I think it goes back to what we said too in the past where this team just hasn't had an identity year in and year out where we're trying to figure out what they are. Like we're hoping that this team can become a physical run team, kind of a reflection of West Virginia, hard nose, blue collar, run the football, play good defense. And I, I, and you're absolutely right though. You can flip it quick. You go nine and three in a year or 10 and two, God forbid people will come to the spring game. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world, but it kind of, it does tell a little bit where the football program has been over the last four years of, I, just to keep it frank, it's been disappointing so far through four years of Neil Brown. I think everybody would agree on that to a certain extent. I agree. It it, it doesn't, it means something, but it, yeah. it doesn't mean everything, right? We, we've seen no. these teams like, yeah. we've seen Kansas State and TCU just flip the switch like that. Like anything is possible in a year, especially with Transfer Portal and NIL and a new athletic director and kind of this renewed sense of hope that we haven't seen in Morgantown or part of Mountaineer Nation in a while. Like I definitely think we have the puzzle pieces now. We'll figure out the coaching staff. This will be the, the litmus test this year. We'll figure it out. Um, but but I wouldn't, it's not putting all your eggs in one basket, putting the eggs in the baskets when fall comes around. This is just, you know, it's just fun. It's, it's a glorified scrimmage. It's a glorified, well, it's not even glorified. It's a glorified practice. It's not even a glorified scrimmage. So it was, it was a good time though, man. I'm glad it was great to come in town. It was great to, to meet some folks. It had an awesome time, man. It was, it was a good weekend for the, for Mountaineer Nation. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And like you said, there's three straight home games in September, the 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Duquesne, obviously the backyard brawl against Pitt for the first time in over a decade, and then against Texas Tech, the Big 12 opener. If you're not getting attendance for those games, that's alarming. So I'm with you 100% there. And uh, before we transition over to the hardwood, uh, I know that you had a chance to sit down with uh, Mr. Former Mountaineer Jeff Hostetler, Give, give us a couple thoughts on that, Rush. I mean, obviously, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, you being a Patriots fan, first off, and him playing for Bill Belichick back mm-hmm. in the day. But yeah, give us a couple thoughts before we do release the full episode for everybody later in the week. Yeah, so we'll release it on Thursday, Ryan. And it was a great opportunity. I know you had a couple things going on, and I appreciate you letting me do the interview, of course. Um, and you know, especially playing Penn State to to start the season this coming year, Jeff's former school. So it, it, it was a great time. We had the interview up at the Resource Center, the top floor of the Children's Hospital. It was awesome. The background was great, overlooking the whole field. And just especially doing the research for this episode and actually talking to Jeff himself, great guy. Definitely one of those people that like just is a man of God in the sense where he wants to serve, he wants to give back. Uh, grew up in a you know a Mendonite family, you know, does so much more for children in the children's hospital now. But we talked a lot about his career and something that really struck me about that interview was he would face like a problem early in life. And then that same type of problem would come up later in his life. And it's amazing how mm-hmm. it shows that you need to to grow and you need to kind of face adversity, especially in your life 
to build yourself strong. Cause I mean, it took him a lot of people don't know this before he won that giant Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. It took, it was in year seven of his career. We, I kept making the joke. He was Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill, but I won't give too much away. It was just incredible interview. Great. Definitely a guy that, that really opened up. Uh, we have a bunch of signed hats from him too. So we'll be figuring out a giveaway to, to with those, but Definitely check out the interview. It's a great time with Jeff, and and we really thank him for for coming on the show and for the interview. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but as you know, Ryan, uh, it is not only did we have football this past weekend, we have a couple basketball headlines to go over. Uh, last time we did this show, we thought Caleb Grill was probably going to be a Mountaineer. Um, it seems like that situation was one where he really didn't want to play his former coach um, TJ at Iowa State. Because a lot was going on, I, I think it was more that he was interested. Like, if you were to choose a Big Twelve school, obviously it would have been here. I think he did like Morgantown a lot, but I think he needed kind of one of those fresh starts in the SEC with Missouri. Um, it's definitely not something we need to put, I think, too much weight on for for our program. Uh, a little disappointed, I would say. Definitely wanted him here, but I think it was more that he kind of needed that fresh start in Missouri. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Him and Otzelberger were really close at Iowa State. It's uh, it's not it's a portal. It's not the end of the world. Uh, there will be plenty of big names. And I should mention back to football real quick. The yeah. portal does end the next phase because they have phases in the portal. It ends on April the thirtieth. So there is we'll see some other names that for football go in and out of the portal for with all these mm-hmm. programs. Same with basketball. So it's it they. You know, I thought uh, basketball was crazy in the portals till I started jumping in football, and I was like, "Man, they got a lot more names." But uh, just because of so how big the rosters are, but back to basketball, uh, yeah, I mean, it's next man up. They uh, they jumped right back into the portal and uh, took a look at Raekwon Battle, got him on a visit. I think his his visit concluded last evening, so we'll see what happens if he decides to be a Mountaineer, and it's. Hughley, he was set to come, but that didn't work out. He committed to Oklahoma. This is just life in 2023 where you you can't take it personal if, if you don't get a guy. Um, obviously, we were fortunate enough to strike strike gold early in the portal with Jesse Edwards and Kirk Kresha. So, yeah, no, it was still looking for a couple pieces here uh, in basketball. The the Hughley Edwards, looking forward to that that battle, especially yeah. with Oklahoma's cool. last year yeah. in the big 12. So, Hey, that, that is a, that's a good storyline there as well. We'll, we'll see what happens with Raycon battle. We were talking to someone um, inside the basketball program and they, this was definitely, I know they had to kind of shift when Caleb grill uh, decided not to decided to go to Missouri. Um, and I think there's sometimes in the transfer report on that, we talked about it right with Arkansas is they'll, they'll reach out to, to everyone. Um, that's in the transfer portal, at least just send them an email. So there's definitely a weight to it is, does this mean something that a team's reached out to it or doesn't? Um, from all our sources inside says that this is definitely um, has some weight to it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We, we haven't been told anything one way or another how it leans, but I know it's uh, we would like to get this guy here. It's not one of those. You just kind of bring someone in to see how they are and check it out. There, there's definitely some weight to it as well. So, you know, we saw him play at my, uh, Montana State for the tournament this past year, so has some experience. Would make a great addition to this Mountaineer team, and we'll we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah, and and whenever you read that he's on campus for an official visit, they want the guy. He's a priority because you only get a certain amount of official visits. If you just give every 
player that you want to recruit an official visit, you're going to run out of official visits yeah, for, and it, and it runs on a two year cycle unless it's changed, which I mean, every rule has changed <laughs> in the last two, two weeks. So it may have changed to uh, the last year, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, battle, he averaged 18 at Montana state. They were in the NCAA tournament. They played Kansas state. He had 27 in the opening round. So he has experience and success against the big 12 team. Had success against Oregon and Arizona in the non-con. So yeah, I mean, a proven guy, good, good size, good athleticism would be a good, good piece uh, to add some depth to this program. Yeah. So we'll see. It seems like uh, you know basketball transfer portal still at it. I'm sure they'll these next couple of weeks. We'll I'm sure a couple of things will go down, and we'll continue to uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Ryan and Russ show to to get analysis on everything that goes down, especially with Ryan being the former video coordinator for Bob Huggins. Uh, Ryan, some great news to to end on for Mountaineer Nation uh, was we went to both of the games on Friday and Saturday, right after the blue and gold game, went right over to, to Mountaineer Field. Um, and hey, we swept TCU, man. It was great. Great to see uh, on Sunday, the brooms coming out on the top deck uh, and and just it was it was great. We we were especially when it came to to Saturday. We were like, okay, do you know what? We'll still get two out of three rubber match. And then the Mountaineers were like, hey, we're gonna come back and win this game. So, man, it's 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 a great time for for mm-hmm. to be a Mountaineer fan, especially for baseball. Um, and I think with with regionals kind of start coming down to the pipeline here, we might be the Big Twelve team to host a regional. We're number one in the Big Twelve right now. There, there's a lot of things looking up for for Coach Maisie in this program. Yes, it yes, things are good over at uh, Mon Park. And I mean that 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 was a fun weekend. Crowd was good, weather was great on Friday night, not so great on Saturday and Sunday, but the crowd still came and showed up and supported this team. Like you said, sole possession of first place right now in the Big 12. Uh they got a non-conference game against Penn State tonight, but then they also uh got a big one in Waco coming up here this weekend. So yeah, this they keep winning series, they're gonna host regional, which would be great for Morgantown to host a second regional for this program in what the last four years. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, you'll get the, the top that, that cheat Lake, um, like it's not a hospital, but urgent care, whatever the, the W medicine thing is there. And people line up on the Hill. I'll tell yeah. you what, that is actually a beautiful spot to watch a, watch a baseball game. Um, so it, it's, there's nothing like it when, when just Mountaineer sports are doing well and you see the whole state show up. It's not even the people around here, man. It just, it keeps speaking to just the resiliency and the, the the culture here and just that we we look out and support our own. So no matter how big or small the sport is, no matter if it's football or the rifle team, West Virginians always show up. So it's awesome to see. It's great the baseball team's doing so well. Uh, definitely be nice to beat Penn State tonight. And then, hey, don't forget too, our non-conference games that remain, two more pit games. Yep. So, yeah, next week. Yeah, I see Pitt on the schedule next Wednesday. So, yeah, we got two more with uh, the guys from up north. So, yeah, and hey, just got to continue how we did at PNC Park. So take it from there. Again, reminder, Thursday, the Jeff Hostetler interview will come out. We'll be with you guys next week. Um, A lot of, hey, maybe kind of the offseason, right, for football and basketball and everything going on. But it's really not. It seems like we're more busier now, Ryan, than we were during basketball season. So it, it, it's great when it's, uh, you know, West Virginia is relevant and the news, good news at least keeps flowing. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Russ show analysis on everything going on and just looking forward to uh, everything that there's to come. So love you all and, and hope you have a great rest of your week.
Go Mountaineers.